Welcome to Boundless Love Podcast. Here it's all about next level approach to love, leadership, and intimacy. I am your host, Sofia Sundari. Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome to this podcast episode. So I want to talk about something that seems to be very active, very alive, very present in my field. Something that I've had a really interesting breakthrough just recently. And also something that I feel just really alive for my audience. And I've received a lot of questions from you as I've started this conversation. And I am so excited to dive in with you. I would love for you to, first of all, really focus like switch off any distractions, like really come here because how much presence you can give to this, that's how much you can receive. So remove all distractions, even if you're doing something else, but like really focus on listening. Like if you're walking or something like this, like you don't need to look at me, but listen, like really let yourself receive. Because this conversation is so powerful because my intention and my desire for all of us, for all of you listening, is to find such an essential, such a deep place that really impacts the entire destiny of a human being. And this is a place of incredible self-worth. So this is what this whole conversation is about, and especially around how our brands, our businesses, how the work of our life is actually meant to, like if we're doing it right, it's meant to invite us deeper into this profound self-worth. But there are so many obstacles on the way and there are so many opportunities for training and it is fascinating and potentially profoundly soul-revealing. So let's dive in. So what comes up quite a lot is the sense of like, okay, I want to be seen because I want my work to touch people I really care about. And you may have done all the work around who you want to touch. And that's like, if you're in the beginning of your business, it's definitely something I recommend to look into. Who do you actually want to touch? And then you want to be seen by these people. And then... What starts to happen is that you start to kind of put yourself out there. And even if you've been doing it for many years, you know this feeling. You're putting yourself out there and there's always a sense of vulnerability. Will it land? Will the right people see it? Will it actually empower my voice? Will it help me create the impact I want to create? Will it help me serve the way I want to serve? Will it help me sell whatever I want to sell? If that's the purpose of this content... And like all those kind of thoughts, right? So immediately there comes a sense of like, what if I fail? What if this is not good enough? What if I'm not going to be seen? What if I will be exposed to the wrong people? Those that I don't want to see me. Maybe my ex-co-workers, maybe my family members, maybe like kindergarten friends, (laughs) And for a lot of people, it's much easier to be exposed, like, to a lot of people that you don't know than to those, like, that you went to to kindergarten with, 
or to family. That's a very big one. And I will also share that when I first started walking the path of my soul, I actually had to disconnect from my entire family for five, five years. For my entire family, from all my friends, like I was completely unavailable. And I don't recommend that, actually. I don't think that that's the way. But me being extremely sensitive human, that's what I was available for back then. And if I didn't do it, like, like I wouldn't be able to do, to move forward from that place where I was back then. Because I was so impacted by their judgment. I was so impacted by their mistrust in me. I was so impacted by every word someone would say of disapproval. I was so fragile in myself. So that was really, you know, an important boundary for me to put back then. And that was an act of self-love. Although it was difficult for them, my mom was horrified. My father took a breath and said, well, (laughs) if that makes you happy, good. (laughs) My friends thought that I joined a cult and went crazy. And they were gossiping behind my back and, and all those things. But it was essential. And then once I strengthened and I was ready to show up for them, I went back to my home country and I gave workshops there. And so many people who actually were criticizing me then came to my workshop and became my clients and asked me for advice. Then, and it still continues like that. So... That was essential for me back then. I don't think that it's important, but it may, there may be like a certain sense of you might discover there's a certain sensitivity around like certain types of people. But what is important and what I wish I knew back then is that my worth is not based on approval of others. (laughs) And that's where these fears are coming from. This fear of like, oh my gosh, they're going to see this. They're not going to like it. They're going to gossip behind my back. They may be going to reach out to me and tell me how much they disapprove of what I'm doing. They will be talking to others. They will, they will say some horrible things to me. All of those things come because you believe that your worth may be somehow compromised when people question you. And we are basing off our worth on all the wrong things. If we are basing our worth off of that, we will suffer. And I see business and therefore the exposure that we want to have with it so that our work is seen, so that, so that our work is actually serving. That is such a tremendous training for the soul. A lot of people don't even understand how can I put the soul and the sacredness and business together. For me, it's like, it feels like it's so important to do exactly that. Because it is through this conscious business, it is through the like real, like finding this channel to really express yourself, to really let your soul sing its song. Through that, you get to encounter initiations. You get to encounter parts of yourself that you would not have encountered in any other way. This is the fascinating thing about it. In any other way, you would not be able to be confronted like that. 
Because if you're basing off your worth on all the wrong things, such as popularity, how many people are there, how many people agree with me, how many people like my stuff, how many people follow me, and you will have it for yourself, you will also have it for others. You will say, oh, so many people follow this person, I can trust them. Oh, so many people like this post, it must be a good thing. Other people base off their worth on money. There is a sense of like, I made that much money this month, I'm good. Next month, I made a bit less or a lot less. I think I'm doing something wrong. There must be something terribly wrong with me. Or I'm not making money at all for like what feels like forever. It means who am I even? You know, everyone seems to be thriving. Everyone just keeps like scaling and they are just like all so good. And so they have the authority. But who am I? I don't have the results. I want to say that it's so important to identify that. What are you basing your self-worth on? When you can identify that, you are on the winning path. You are on the way to reclaim something so fundamentally important. This most fundamental piece of the human experience, your self-worth, like the real one. And I'm going to go into that. Stick with me. But First, to identify what are you basing your self-worth of? What do you find yourself? Like, where do you feel like when I do that, when I have that, it means I made it. It means I'm good. Maybe it's the certain type of relationship. Maybe a certain type of friendships. Maybe it's uh, you feel like when you, you have an intimate relationship, when you have partners uh, or you have a partner, you have like you feel attraction of, from other people, then you feel good. Or just the sense of popularity. People agree with me. People see me. People recognize me. Then it's like, mm, yes, yes, I feel good. Yeah. Or the income. Yeah. How much did I receive? How am I seen in the eyes of others? Do I receive like a lot of praise? And people keep saying like, oh yeah, I heard you're doing all those good things. Good on you. Good on you. Is that what's important for you? So when you identify that, you are on a very, very, very good Good, good track. Because until you can identify, and every single person has that. If you're like, no, 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 I don't have it, I'm happy. I would look a little bit deeper. Because there are things that are held that are, you're not thinking like that, obviously. You're not like, okay, I know that my worth depends on how many likes I have on the internet. Or how many people commented, how many people agreed with me. How many people joined my offer. Of course, you're not thinking that. But it's happening in the subconscious mind. And every time you see that you're like, I put out this content and and it really should like touch people. Like I really poured my heart. Like I spent like a week writing this like hello. And then no one likes it or like there's like three likes. You're like, Ooh. and it really hurts. That's how you know, you know, that oh my gosh, it hurts so much. Like, you know, just not enough people in my idea, not enough. Not enough people saw it, not, not as many as I hoped. So I feel disappointed. And I feel not only disappointed, I feel miserable. That's how you know it. That's how you know it. You, you catch it right there. You're like, oh, wow. Like this event made me question like my whole existence. There is something here. There is a hook here. So 
This is important to identify because you will see that it's connected to your childhood. Oh, childhood. Oh, I thought I dealt with all my wounds already. And then again, childhood in my business. What? Childhood. Yes. Yes. Childhood. Childhood. Because as a child, you are a sponge. You absorb everything that's there. You cannot help it. So, if as a child you really witnessed your parents struggle with money and you really saw like, oh, we cannot afford that or this is like, we cannot buy that or we really need to save. If you've grown up in that kind of environment and you've seen a lot of scarcity and a lot of lack, then it's very likely that you're going to be basing off your worth on the amount of money you're making on the income. Because that feels like, I made it. <sighs> I, don't, I no longer have to have that feeling inside of me that I saw each time I, I saw my mother struggling or I, each time I saw my mother saving up the clothes from my older siblings and like making sure that she keeps this so that the younger ones would wear it. Yeah, and there would be like such a such a sense of like we have to keep it, or we could not use some like I know this my friend had that we they all shared bath water. There were like three kids, and they all shared bath water because the parents didn't want to spend money on on the water. They couldn't afford it, or they were trying to save as much as possible. So whenever there is a sense of like oh my gosh, like money is really is really valuable, and we really don't have it and we cannot have all the things we want, then it's really reasonable that you are basing your worth off of money. Because then it feels like, oh, I have the money, I'm good. And actually, it's not going to even matter how much you make. Even if you're making like six figures or multiple six figures, there will still be this sense of like, did I make enough? Did I make... Did I make enough, like, more than the previous month? It's still not more than the previous month, so it's not enough. And there will be this sense of, <gasps> how am I going to cover up my expenses? How am I going to, like, pay all the things I, I'm meant to pay? <gasps> Even though we're talking such high numbers. But then it's very easy to get desensitized because the wound is still there. It's still sucking. It's still taking up a lot of space and demands a lot of attention because the whole worth is based on that. There may be another situation where you grew up and you were somehow seen as small, maybe the youngest child, like I was the youngest child in my family. Like I was always like not accepted in games because I was slow and I was small and I like I was not included in certain fun activities and then I ended up changing so many schools because my parents were so, so overly protective of me. So I changed 10 schools, like literally 10, 10 schools I changed. Because every time in the 10 years of school, I changed 10 schools. Like, I don't know if there are many people in the world who, who did something like that. And not even because we were moving, we lived in the same city. But every time there would be discomfort or my parents would perceive it was a discomfort, they would just take me out of the school. And move me to homeschooling or move me to private school or move me to like different places. And so with that, yeah, there may be the sense of like, 
I need to have proof that people like me because I did not get to have this experience of like really feeling that I can be all of myself and I can really cultivate those long-term relationships and I can be completely loved and completely embraced no matter what I'm going through. So there may be a sense of like, I need proof that people are interested in me, that people like me. Or there may be a sense of like, the parents or others didn't agree with you, siblings or yeah, maybe you were the youngest as well and the siblings didn't agree with you and they were like bullying you or parents didn't agree with you and they didn't see you as intelligent or special or that your voice mattered. Like if you never felt that your voice mattered, then there may be a sense of like later in life, like as an adult, having your business, having your vision, having your mission. There may be a sense of like, okay, as long as I have enough people who agree with me, I'm worthy. And then that's where yeah, the likes on the internet, like they really activate that, that feeling of like validation. Yeah, there's a sense of like, oh, so many people like myself. Okay, I'm good, I'm good. I feel validated, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And then the next day you're posting something and there's not enough people or not as many as before or you know, not enough in your idea, in your understanding. And so the whole social media is based on that. Like, like dopamine hit, ah, oh, feels good, feels good, feels good. That's why it's so addictive. And it's like, oh, it feels good. But then if it's not good, then it's so bad because it hits on the wound. The wound that says that somehow you need to prove your popularity to matter. Somehow you need to prove that your, what you have to say matters. That somehow you have to like, have this direct experience that people are really actively agreeing with you or else you don't matter. So that's where we get trapped quite a lot. And then there will be other scenarios, yeah, depending on, on how you were brought up, depending on how, like, what wounds were created in childhood. There may be also a sense of like, if you were the oldest child, for example, there may be a sense of like, okay, what I am really good at is taking care of others. Like, I really know how to take care of others. I, like, I've always been taking care of others. I've been taking care of even my parents. Yeah, like, there may be this sense of like, okay, I am the savior. And then they, that may also then show up in your business. It will. It will. And then you will try to save people you will get really burned by that because people don't need saving. And whenever you try to save people, you will get somehow backlash on that. You will see that people are maybe, they may judge you that you don't see them. Yeah. They may judge you that you are not mothering them enough, that you are not holding them enough, that you're just trying to rescue them, to save them, to fix them. And people may not feel that you're actually holding them. There may be like a lot of things from those kind of patterns. And so the first step is to become aware of that. What's sitting in your subconscious mind and why do you get affected by those specific things you get affected by? When you can recognize that, it's amazing. It's amazing because the hook loosens up. There's no such grip anymore. And then what happens is healing begins. Because when it's not, when you're not aware, there's no, no healing can happen. 
It's like we need to bring things to the light and then the healing can take place. And the steps then there are first you become aware of it. And in that awareness, you learn to recognize your patterns. You learn to recognize your patterns. You learn to go like, ooh, I am here with my friends or I am in an environment with a lot of people and I've made a post and everyone like commented on everyone else's post, but not on mine. And I feel really miserable. You know, you should have the sirens coming on and going like, oh, here we are, here we are. This is the pattern. This is the wound. This is coming up. It's not about them. It's not about all their posts. It's about you and what is being stirred up in you. No, but look, but everyone liked everyone's posts, but not mine. No one liked my post. They didn't notice. They didn't, I, I don't exist. I don't matter. Like everyone is so much better than me. That's why, because they are more pretty or they they are more known they are wiser they are cooler and i'm just not cool and that's why no one liked my stuff da, 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 da. your inner sirens should go off because that's exactly it that's it you caught it if you can yeah if you're aware in that moment you're catching it you're like, okay 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 here it comes the pattern she thinks she doesn't matter. She thinks her worth is based on other people liking your stuff. And the universe is orchestrating this experience for you precisely to be aware of that. Precisely to heal that. Precisely to acknowledge that. And yeah, to be able to actually heal it. Because first there comes this phase of awareness. You are aware and you recognize and you catch yourself. And before like calling your friend and lashing out and saying, you did not notice me. You didn't respond to my message. You didn't do this. Or like a client suddenly saying like, I'm complete. Thank you. I, our container is complete. I, I am grateful. Like I paid off everything. In the ideal case scenario, <laughs> I paid off everything. I feel good. I'm done. Thank you so much. Bye. And you're going to go like, Ooh, how, 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 bye, how, bye, we didn't finish yet, how, bye, hey, hello, I'm still here, what's going on? Let people do what they need to do. You check what it's bringing up for you. And if it's bringing up this panic and the sense of like, oh my gosh, I'm being abandoned, you go and you look at yourself. And you go and you see where in your life you've been abandoned and you felt unacknowledged and you feel like if people are leaving you, it means that you're a bad person and you're not worthy anymore. <sighs> there she is. The pattern. There. Right there. Right there. So that's the work. yeah. And then the more you recognize it, the, the softer the edges get. And then the sooner or later, it's going to start to dissolve. And you will see that... It just doesn't have such a grip on you anymore. And then another time, you, you see, you're posting things on the internet. No one likes it. And you're like, great, I'm here for the long run. Now they don't like it. Later, I'll repost it. And everyone's going to like it. Oh, who knows what's going to happen? But what matters is that I like it. I like it. And that's enough. Because I like myself. And that's what truly matters. So there comes this very kind of 
fashionable, we can say, or very normal thing that conscious human beings do. They go like, let's share. Let's have a sharing. I am triggered by you. I want to share with you. Not even to blame you, although there may be subtle blame, but to just share, to share heart to heart. And that may seem like such a good idea. Because you share vulnerably, you really bring your vulnerability forward. You really let other person like see you in your vulnerability. And that feels so good. And that may go like, wow, this is such a good idea. Instead of me like holding on to it and then gossiping to others about what I'm going through, I better just reach out to this person and just say, hey, like you've really triggered me. Like, can we hold this together? And... To me, for a really long time, it sounded like a really good idea. And I I am creating spaces in my events. I am creating specific spaces so that people do that for each other. So they don't hold on, but they do it for each other. But I realized that even that is oftentimes a protective mechanism. That you are trying to protect yourself from being with your wound and you're trying to be rescued by someone else by sharing all this vulnerability which sounds like such a noble thing but instead of actually healing you are asking someone else to hold it with you so that it's not so heavy for you but usually that doesn't help the healing The wound stays there. You're just like, okay, my parents were not there to reassure me that I matter. So now other people will reassure me. And they tell me, oh, I'm so sorry I triggered you. That wasn't my intention. You know, like, what do you need? Can I hold you? Like, can I do the, you know, can I be nice to you? Like, let's just, you know, hold it. It's okay. We will heal. This is not how you heal. It may help. There may be like a sense of this co-regulation. It's a real thing yeah, in the nervous system. There is a co-regulation where it's like, yeah, we can cry together. We can be together. Of course, we need friendships. Of course, we need connections. Of course, that's why relationships are so beautiful. Also, yeah, one of the reasons. But this is not the actual healing. And this is not the actual empowerment. It's not that when you are like, I didn't get that in the past. Can you give it to me? This is not what heals. It may help temporarily. But what does the healing is when you do the work yourself. You do your untangling work. You uncover what you've been holding on to. And you give it space. And you sit in this discomfort because it's going to burn. At times it's going to burn. But the more light you shine into it, the less it's going to burn. And the more free you will be. And the easier it will be to recognize it. And then to loosen it. Loosen those edges. And to go like, my worth is not based on that. And so, what is the worth based on then? And that's the question. And that's the fundamental question of every human being. I believe that every human being has to discover worth that is not dependent on external factors, on any external factors, on whether you're in a relationship or not, on whether you've been single for the last 15 years or not, on whether you find yourself that others are like telling you that you're pretty and you're attractive or not, 
on whether others are agreeing with you or not, on whether you receive the money that you were expecting to receive or not, on whether you receive the amount of people, the amount of like, the amount of validation or not, there has to be a worth that is unshakable and that sits underneath it all. Unshakable worth. This kind of worth with which you were born, that is intrinsic, you were born with that and it has never left you. And it is not dependent on your good marks in school or bad marks. And it's not dependent on your amount of dopamine hit with the likes on the internet. It is not dependent on the amount of people who buy your stuff. It is not dependent on the amount of payment you receive. It is not dependent on anything. It is not dependent on the amount of good words people tell you. It is not dependent on the amount of respect people show you. It's not dependent on any of that. This is the intrinsic worth. This worth that is at the essence of every human being. You cannot earn it. And we are programmed through our whole life, starting with marks in school, starting and continuing with like all the different ways, like how we compete with each other, like all the ways like competitive sports and uh, competition between women and, and men and competition in business and work and who is better, who is faster. All of those things, they make us believe that the winner is the one who got the validation. But it's not true. This is the big lie. This is not true. This is just a temporary hit. It has nothing to do with reality. And then whenever you see people who are successful and you're like, you see people celebrating their milestones and their relationships and their successes and their purchases and you're like, oh my gosh, these people won. They won. And so I lost. Because whenever we have, we operate in that kind of paradigm, there's always someone wins. And whenever someone wins, because it has to be just one who wins and someone else loses. This is the old era. We don't need to get entangled with that. And you are completely, absolutely, totally empowered to not believe in the old era. You are completely free to believe in your new era. To believe in the movement that is actually taking place. Where you get to create your reality. And in the reality that I am creating constantly for myself, for all the people around me, is that the reality that we all already won. We already won. And whenever someone else wins, we all win. Whenever you succeed, I succeed. Whenever I succeed, you succeed. Because we are in the same team. We are doing it together. That's how you can really go over this feeling of competition and comparison and like being worried that someone's success means less of your success. When And I'm talking like I'm talking to people who are good-hearted people, who, who really are here because like they, they want to celebrate humanity. They are showing up in their work and their businesses to, for humanity, to support the human life, not to go against it. I'm talking to this kind of people. And all of us, we are in the same boat. Same boat. 
So we all won already with that kind of choice to dedicate our lives to that kind of choice to really show up in the brightest values accessible to a human being, the values of kindness and the values of compassion and connection and care and vitality and and freedom. Like when we are rooted in these kind of values, we won already. We won. And actually we won even way before that because the human nature is godliness. The human nature is goodness originally. But then sometimes we get trapped and we forget. But it's okay. Because we're still worthy from the very, very, very beginning. And this worth never goes away. Never. And in this new era of business... Because when we think about business, sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, business. Business means they try to rip you off. Business means they try to sell you what you don't need. Business means they have some really weird marketing strategies that people will just like, you know, start reaching out to you in DMs or they will start running after you in in some in-person events and like try to get your credit card. There are, there are such tactics on this planet. We know that. That's why we may have this association that business is something, you know, someone is trying to, to take advantage of me. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to say, I don't want to think that I'm building a business. That was my case, actually. For a long time, I could not admit I was, my, I was running a business. <laughs> Although I was creating products, I was creating services, I was offering service, I was being paid for it. That's business. <laughs> But I could not admit that. I was like, I'm just, you know, spiritual mentor. I'm just yogi. I just meditate. <laughs> I don't do business stuff. <laughs> yes, this is business. When people pay you, this is business. And uh, we just have to reframe that. And we really have to reframe that. I'm so passionate about this. Because I've reframed that for myself. And I see that my life has changed beautifully since I've done that. And it has created even more space for my heart, even more space for my generosity, even more space for my kindness, even more space for my love. That's what happened once I reclaimed business as being a sacred conduit for my soul, really. And then also, uh, yeah, with business, like what happens a lot is that in the beginning, it's fun. Like once you plug into it and you're like, okay, let's do that. So I get to create whatever I want to create. I get to like come up with my wildest ideas. I get to try new things and then I get to be paid for it. And then I get to have people who actually vibe with me and actually create this kind of soul family feeling around me. Great. And so for the first few years, it may feel really good. For the first few years, there may be the sense of like, okay, I am driven by this vision. I am moving with this mission and, and it's all like happening. And I just go, let's go, let's go. We keep building and keep rising. But then at some point... There comes a moment when it doesn't work like that anymore. And then you start to lose inspiration. You start to go through ups and downs. You start to doubt yourself. You start to go back to competition and comparison, although you thought you already dealt with it. You start to compare yourself with others. You see others are doing this and that, and they seem to be doing really well. Maybe I should try to do that. Then you try to do that, and it really doesn't work for you. And you feel miserable, and you're like, oh, I fail. And then so many people quit. So many people quit because it seems difficult. 
And that's the reality that it's fun in the beginning, but you need to decide if you're here for the fun or if you're here no matter what. And if you're here no matter what, it means that you're here for the long run. It means that there has to be this commitment, sense of commitment. I commit to showing up. This really matters to me. That really, this really activates the fire in my heart. And my heart, I will not settle. My heart will not settle. I will keep going. I will keep speaking. I will keep showing up for what I believe to be true. I will be going through different phases, through different stages. Sometimes they will be failures. Sometimes I won't be proud of myself. Sometimes I will feel neglected. Sometimes I will feel offended. And I will work through it all. And that's the opportunity. Yeah, that's the opportunity. When you choose the long run, there are such incredible opportunities. Such incredible opportunities. Because you get to see your patterns under magnifying glass. Like no other aspect of your life will give you the opportunities to see. All this, this worth stuff, the worth that's based off on how others perceive you, or the sense of like, will others envy me? Why others are competing with me? Why others, like, why they don't see me as equal? Yeah, this is a brilliant thing to look at. The envy piece and how you keep yourself smaller in order not to invoke envy and how you hide aspects of yourself in order to not provoke misunderstanding. Like there are such parts of me that are completely incompatible, seemingly. For example, (laughs) my love for God paired in a a complete devotion, like, like incredible heated states of devotion. My love for luxury. Ooh, these two come together. Yes. My love for running naked in nature and dancing naked, ideally with other naked people, and swimming naked, and just like being free in this nudity. <gasps> what? How's this? Is, this is hippie. Ah, no, it goes together with all the other pieces. My love for erotic merging with my partner. And really deep explorations through sexuality, through sensuality, remembering the divine through that goes together with all that. My wild, mystical, trans state experiences where I disappear into other dimensions and just start, like, get out of the body completely for hours and don't even eat, don't even take care of any of my bodily functions for hours being in a trance state, channeling, downloading something, writing for like seven, eight hours in a row. How's that? Like, and, then, and then this profound work with the body, profound understanding of a human body, profound understanding of human nervous system and trauma patterns, and at the same time, complete surrender to the mystical essence of our existence. Together with all the awareness of the trauma, usually it doesn't go well together. Usually the trauma people say one thing, the mystics say the other thing. It's one and the same for me. It all coexists inside of me. How is this possible? How can you be a spiritual 
mentor and then you you have a Chanel bag and, and you are like spending time in the fanciest places and 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 flying business class and and all those things like how how is that like that perfectly and that's that was my work to really own I and then I love filters and I love to use filters on internet <laughs> what you're a spiritual person you love filters yes i love filters they make me look like a superstar i love them (laughs) so yeah there are so many opportunities to judge and there are so many people who do and uh, so what people will always be people people will always be speaking i don't need to protect myself from that i am not affected by this and then maybe it will hurt me. And then when I see people with criticizing and judging, of course it hurts. I'm super sensitive still. But it's okay. I still continue. And it's not even about balance. I think balance is overrated. It's just being the totality of who you are and, and melting into life in totality of who you are. Not going like, no, I'm not available for this. I'm not available for this. This is a, this is a scope in which I, I operate. Just be total. Just be free. And in this freedom, you find your work. And some people ask, like, but I just, I'm just beginning. I have no audience yet. Like, you dropped your ads because I used to run ads in the past. I dropped them completely. I'm thriving without ads. Very happy. And then people say, well, but in the beginning, well, I actually didn't have ads in the beginning. And it can happen. And it doesn't matter. And you really actually get to create a brand which is very different to like a normal business model which just kind of operates on okay i do those kind of things then i attract this kind of this kind of amount of people i do this kind of promotion and then i attract like when you understand the brand it's way beyond what you do it's about who you are and really infusing the space of your work the space of your business with you like really you where really you don't you don't compromise. You don't allow things like, you know, I was just remembering recently when once a coach a few years ago, a business coach, was trying to sell her offerings to me. And then the way it was done was so weird. Like, did, like why do people do that? Doesn't it feel strange to even her? Because what she did was like, she just like offered me like, hey, we've been having this conversation and she really held me through something. And then I, I even asked, how can we work together? So, oh, okay, we can do this two weeks working together and we, we do that. And I'm like, okay, and, and what's next? And she's like, don't worry about what's next. Let's just do this. I really feel to, to offer this to you. Let's just do it. I'm like, okay, let's do that. And then we go over the two weeks and then she says, okay, so would you like to continue? I'm like, yeah, how do I continue? How much does it cost? She's like, Oh, um, don't worry about that. I have a call with my partner and he is like managing my business. And so I'm like, no, but tell me just how much it costs. And then I can't. She said, no, 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 you have to have a call. And I'm like, why have a call with him? I don't have time for call. Like, I don't do this. Like, why? She's like, no, no, have a call. I'm like, okay, I'll have a call. And then I have a call and then he tells me it's like 20K for six months. And then back then it, it, it sounds completely crazy. But even more crazy that that the amount of money because I could have like like integrated it within myself, really seen like 
is it really like something that like do I really feel like I want to do life with this woman for six months and then do I really want to put of myself that much to do it but what was uh, more important is just the whole behavior like I didn't feel seen I didn't feel understood I didn't feel like I She, she could see my power actually I didn't see that she could like she she trusted that she can just tell me how much it costs and then I will make my own empowered decision she thought that she needs to take me through this whole like sales conversation not even with her but with a person I didn't have any connection with like the whole thing is like was weird and that completely turned me off because like I'm like I don't want to be treated like that I don't treat my people like that I really hold people in their power I trust that you all can make empowered decisions. Whenever you're ready to work with me, you will come and you will work with me. When you're not ready, you're not ready. And like, there's no convincing, there's no proving. That's like, I, I profoundly believe that that's, that's a part of my brand. That's what I infuse my brand with. That's the vibe of my brand. And that's why I'm attracting powerful people who just reach out, ask me a couple of questions, 4K transferred. Straight away, never heard about this person. It happened yesterday. Just a couple of messages. What do you do exactly in this private this upgrade session? In, this, in the Legacy of Love, there is an upgrade session that would, where, where you get to work. I get to work with my designer who, who creates an image, three images for your brand. Um, and uh, like it's like me tapping into the soul of the person and then translating it through the graphics. And then she asked me, how does this work? What is this? And I just responded, like three lines. She's like, oh, it sounds amazing. Do you think it's good for me? Like she explained something. I'm like, yeah, I, feel, I think it's very good for you. And she's like, perfect. Sounds great. Boom. Transferred. 3,777. Like this. Person I never talked to. And that happens all the time. But it's, it's not because I am like explaining to every single person how am I treating them? How do I see them? But it's something that's infused in my brand. It's like people connect to my name. They connect to how I'm representing myself visually, to how I'm using my, my language. And they feel the vibe. They feel recognized. They feel met. They feel respected. They feel loved. They feel cared for. And these are exactly my values. And these are the values that I am infusing this brand with. There were some times in my life when I like was not so in, involved in a project and I just tried to let it run by itself and then it was not running. And then the moment I would go like, okay, let me bring myself. I bring myself into it and then immediately we have 20 people signing up within two weeks just because I brought myself into it. And through the sacred brand, through the work on sacred brand, you get to do that continuously. And you get to do that long term and you get to commit long term and you can and you see that every time, every your thought, every your infusion with your energy, every your courageous act to be seen, every time you are showing up online, every time you are speaking to something about what you do, what sets your heart on fire, every time you dare to actually sell openly, transparently, just because you cannot help it. You love your stuff. Why, why shouldn't you love selling it? If it's so amazing, if it's changed your life, if, if it's impacted your entire life, why shouldn't you sell it? Why shouldn't you serve? Yeah, and it's like if you're continually getting out of your patterns, of your like perceived ideas of how I should, you know, I shouldn't show that I have a business. I shouldn't show that I'm selling things. I should, I should, you know, it's not spiritual or, or it's too spiritual or like, uh, yeah, this, these are just patterns. 
And with your brand, all these patterns will come to the surface. They will come to the surface and you will have to deal with them because you are here for the long time, for the long run. Yeah, you committed, you agreed, you decided. That's it. It starts working with you. And I keep saying this over and over again. Success is inevitable. From this kind of commitment, from this kind of passion, from this kind of fire, it's inevitable. But you have to stay the course. And the sacred brand work is what holds you, what gives you the sense of like, I am held by something that I've created. I am held by something that is like a layer between the eternity and my personality. I am held in that. I am loved in that as I'm navigating all my things, as I am shining more than I've ever dared to shine, as I am breaking through the patterns, as I am going through the wounds, as I am like exposing deeper and deeper layers of my soul, I am held. I am held by that, that background of my sacred brand. And all of me is welcome in that. And that's the structure I've created. That's the masculine structure that allows all this feminine flow to be. So um, a lot of inner work is taking place. That's the new era of business. That's the new era of leadership that is based on tremendous amount of inner work, tremendous integrity, tremendous clarity and continuous clarifying and tremendous surrender. <laughs>